0: This is the Chamber Chat Podcast, the show dedicated to chamber professionals to spark ideas and to get actionable tips and strategies to better serve your members and community. And now your host, enjoys reading personal development books. He's my dad, Brandon Burton. Hello Chamber Champions, welcome to the Chamber Chat Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Burton, and it's my goal here on the podcast to introduce you to people and ideas to better help you serve your Chamber members and your community. Our title sponsor is Holman Brothers Membership Sales Solutions. Let's hear from Diane Rogers, President and CEO of the Rancho Cordova Area Chamber, to learn how the Holman Brothers has provided value for her.
1: As a medium-sized chamber, we recognize that it's absolutely critical to have a well-qualified and well-trained membership development person. Holman Brothers trained that person, recruited that person, and they even trained me on how to manage that person. We're grateful for the
0: support we got. You can learn more about Holman Brothers Membership Sales Solutions by visiting holmanbros.com. Have you ever thought about creating a podcast for your chamber? We always hear about how chambers need to be storytellers. What better way is there to tell the stories of your members and the work of your chamber than through a podcast? Your audience is waiting to hear from you as a convener of leaders and influencers, champion for business, and catalyst for change within your community. I just launched a chamber podcast course with the goal to get your very own podcast started within 30 days. Visit chamberchatpodcast.com pivot to learn more and to enroll in the Chamber Podcast course today. For a limited time as a launch promotion, this course is being offered at a 25% discount. Be sure to purchase a course today to lock in your savings before the price goes up, even if you're not ready to start right away. Again, that's chamberchatpodcast.com pivot. This is a special episode in our 2022 ACCE Chamber of the Year Finalist Series. And our guest for this episode is Sandra Wilson. Sandra is president and CEO of the Paducah Area Chamber of Commerce in Kentucky. She joined the chamber in 2013 after working 26 years for a large manufacturer as public affairs manager. As a community volunteer, she was the first woman to serve as chairman of the board of the Paducah Area Chamber in 1996, and later also the first woman to chair the Paducah Economic Development Board. On a statewide level, she served as chairman of the Kentucky Manufacturers Association and on the boards of the Kentucky Chamber of Commerce and Leadership Kentucky. She's a graduate from Murray State University, Leadership Kentucky, and Leadership Paducah. Sandra I'm excited to have you with me today on chamber chat podcast congratulations being selected as a chamber of the year finalist why don't you uh, take a few minutes to say hello to all the chamber champions and share something interesting about yourself so we
1: can all get to know you a little better oh thank you Brandon it's uh, it's my honor to be on your show today we really uh, appreciate uh, the opportunity to talk about the our chamber here in our community and uh, so thank you for this invitation. We were thrilled to be named a finalist for Chamber of the Year. It's tough competition. It's a lot of work. And so we're very excited about it. The Paducah Area Chamber of Commerce, of course, is located in western Kentucky. Uh, We are a city of about 26,000 and a a county that includes our city of about 65,000. We've been around a long time. We were established in the oh, I don't know, about 80 years ago. We have uh, over 900 members, and we just uh, wake up every morning and go to sleep every night thinking about how we can make our community better. Uh, I bet you hear that a lot, but uh, that's that's what we do. We say that anyway. It's it's a great honor to serve our community. For me, you know, I did work uh, in manufacturing for many years. And was always active with the chamber. So when I, in 2013, I had the opportunity to become the president and CEO of the chamber. I was like, yes, yes, pick me. I'm so excited to be in this role. Um, For a fun fact, I years ago, many years ago, was on The Price is Right. And it wasn't the hour-long version. It was a, a nighttime version they were trying out with Tom Kennedy as the host, who is also from Kentucky. That's a story okay. within itself. And I was in uh, out in California, and um, they interview you, or they did at the time, and they asked me where I was from, and I said, Paducah, Kentucky. It's halfway between monkey's eyebrow and possum trot. And I'll never forget the judge, <laughs> one of the three uh, selectors looking at me and saying, are those names of real towns? And I was like, yes, uh, yes, they are. And they said, what are you doing living there? And I just kind of made a joke about, well, I've been asking myself that same question. So then I got on the show and was a big winner. Then about two years after that, somebody was at the movie theater and they called me and said, you're in a movie. And so I was in the movie, The Flight of the Navigator. It's a really (laughs) fun kids movie. And the, the little boy is gone in a spaceship and he's trying to get home. And the family is trying to help him, talk him into getting home. And they're watching television or the television is on in their den. And at one part in the movie, the whole movie screen goes to the TV screen. And it's Tom Kennedy and me standing there in The Price is Right. So uh, I've been in a Disney movie, I've been on the Price is ride right, and just had a great time. I guess that, I want a career.
0: <laughs> that is awesome. I love that. I'd love asking this question because I get to learn these these neat things. Now I need to rewatch Flight of the Navigator. We watched it during the COVID pandemic with our kids and uh, kind of introduce them to that, but I need to go back on the on Disney Plus now and watch rewatch it, that.
1: It's a fun movie and you know, I also work uh, with our leadership Paducah program, and so every year, you know, when you're getting to know each other, I usually kind of tell that story about it. And it doesn't—it's not too long before somebody will either find that section in the movie, or I've even—I I, I tell them if they become the best class ever, I will show them the video of when I'm on the process right because there's kind of a funny moment at the end when I do win the showcase. And Tom Kennedy comes up to me and says, Sandra, what do you have to say? And I just kind of froze and said, pinch me, is this real? And uh, so I almost kind of feel that way now about being a finalist of Chamber of the Year. It's just such an honor and such a thrill.
0: That is awesome. Good, good loop coming at, you know, bringing it full circle and back to the Chamber of the Year. So you mentioned a little bit about your chamber, about you know just over nine hundred members. Um, tell us a little bit more, maybe you know scope of work, size of you know staff, budget, things like that, just to help give us a better idea before we get into our discussion.
1: Sure, we have a staff of five. myself. We have a vice president of operations. We have a member services director. A programs and public policy director and then our administrative assistant. So we are a small staff, but we're very mighty and uh, we run a lot of different programs. I would say the Paducah Chamber is probably known the most for our advocacy efforts. Uh, and I think that's one reason why I was chosen for this position as well is because I've been working in advocacy really my entire career I worked for a paper mill before and worked on state le- at the state legislature on the state level and on the federal level I've always gone to our state capital I've always gone to DC uh, some so I knew all of that and um, we have been very involved with advocacy we have a Department of Energy site here that closed in 2013 the week before I t- uh, actually started at the chamber so we knew that things were going to be changing they had been in operations for 50, 60 years and they were closing, but they're still going to be here another 30, 40 years in the cleanup phase. So we had to start working on getting that in place, making sure that the contractors were going to be part of the community, that we were going to get the funding that we needed. So those are things that in our advocacy efforts, We're known for going to D.C. and asking. And um, I've been told by senators and our congressmen that we're not scared to ask. Uh, You know, we're we're pretty persistent uh, when we see something that our community needs and we try to be organized. We try to make our case, be respectful and really push uh, for things that we need uh, from the federal level and from the state level.
0: Now that that helps. And uh, the advocacy work is so important, too. And I'm glad to see you guys have grasped onto that. And that's kind of your area of expertise as far as work at your chamber.
1: Yes, thank you. Uh, it is. A, it is a big part of us. I would think uh, I would also say that we really have added a lot for small business. Uh, We started a cohort program in 2021, we had 16 to graduate from it, we used a nationally uh, known author Mike McAllowitz's book Fix This Next, he actually we contracted with him uh, to join us for two sessions. So we we've done a lot of seminars, and you know when COVID hit, all of us had to change the way we were running our chambers, um, and so we did that. We pivoted. We wanted to ex- help our small businesses to stay in business. We brought in a lot of resources for them to help them and to advise them, and um, so I think that's something else that we're known for. And then really just being a convener of people um, through a lot of our different programs. Um, we have a just finished. Our 35th year for Leadership Paducah. We've just finished our 11th year for our Youth Lead Program. We have a really active Paducah Young Professionals Program. Um, We've started some others that to intern initiative. So all of that some kind of ties into workforce because we know every place is short of workers, and we're all trying to get those. So. We've encouraged our employers to hire interns, and then we've encouraged them to have the interns get involved with us because we want them to work with the young professionals and to fall in love with our community and want to come back here and live and work.
0: I love that. So for our topic, for our discussion today, um, being that this is a Chamber of the Year finalist episode, uh, what I like to do is focus on the two program synopsis you guys submitted with your Chamber of the Year application. Uh, We'll dive into that discussion with those programs as soon as we get back from this quick break. Are you looking for a year-round affordable and timely shop local campaign for your chamber or CVB? Look no further. Build a custom eat shop play mobile app with App My Community by visiting appmycommunity.com/chamberchat. App My Community mobile apps are not just simple membership directory listings. They provide many more capabilities to engage with your community. Provide your residents with a robust events calendar, partner with a local fair, festival or farmers market to provide a schedule, map and other resources to promote the event. Run a Small Business Saturday campaign any time of the year using built-in scavenger hunts. Allow your membership to communicate directly to their customers via push notifications. Your App My Community mobile app will be a unique member benefit, allow you to generate non-dues revenue with sponsorship opportunities, and best of all, provide a valuable resource to your community please visit appmycommunity.com slash chamberchat now to receive 10% off your first year of an App My Community mobile app. Oftentimes, Chamber Nation's customers agree that since Amazon is all centralized, then why not their own community, including their professional service providers? Since Chamber Nation includes a full-service membership services department to handle all of your new member onboarding and ongoing support at no extra cost to the members, this is now possible. Once the program is all set up, each member going forward will receive monthly membership ROI reports. The entire community will also have access to community-wide economic development reports that are terrific for supporting grant opportunities, too. With Chamber Nation, not only will you have a membership management system, but also a membership development system all in one terrific package. So save money and be impressed by visiting richardscalendar.com to set up a demo with their CEO or learn more at chambernation.com. From frustrations trying to connect with decision makers, to trouble demonstrating value, to difficulties adjusting to an uncertain post-COVID world, who does your membership rep turn to for expert membership sales advice? Hallman Brothers can help right now their year-round next level coaching program supplies a total coaching and mentoring support system in a way that's never been available for membership pros visit holmanbros.com slash next level to learn more and request a free trial of next level coaching all right sandra we are back um Why don't you tell us maybe just at a high level first what the two programs are that you guys submitted on your your Chamber of the Year application, and then we'll circle back around into a little more detail on each of them.
1: Uh, Great. I think the application, uh, boy, it really helps you evaluate what you've done. And so we had part of our advocacy efforts had been to work with the FAA uh, through the Department of Transport, U.S. Department of Transportation, and with our state about our airport, we are one. Paducah is one of only five commercial airports in Kentucky. We had uh, United uh, service to Chicago for two flights a day uh, with through the local con- the local carrier with SkyWest, and we are an EAS airport, which is the Central Air Service. So we do get a subsidy from the federal government on that. And we were operating out of a terminal that was built in 1953, so it really uh, was preventing us from growing. And so, thinking back, this was in 2018 and 2019. There was um, the actually the call about. The possibility of us being able to get $20 million from the Federal Aviation Administration to replace our old terminal came to the Paducah Chamber. So we took that on, and we've worked very closely uh, to raise the money. And we have, you know, the community itself has been very successful in getting that money. And we had a groundbreaking and have that under construction right now to get a new airport terminal here. <coughs> Excuse me, the second one, the second program that we submitted was called Leaders for the Future. And we, during COVID, you know, we were working really hard to keep all of our leadership programs um, viable and relevant. But, you know, when you've got 30 or 40 people on Zoom calls and they're listening to speakers all day, it kind of totally changes the direction or changes the focus of your leadership programs. So it really helped us to, there were two things that helped us to establish our second synopsis. And that was the leadership center. And we had a foundation with our leadership Paducah foundation. And we thought that that would be a way to expand our funding was to use our foundation, which many chambers do. We've had our cha- our foundations and uh, we felt like we wanted to grow that. So we raised uh, half a million dollars in our community during COVID to establish the Leadership Center so that we could enhance our current program and expand our program as well.
0: So talk, let's talk about that one first. Talk to us a little bit more about the Leadership Center. Um, is that a physical location where people come in? Is that, um, in general, kind of the, the infrastructure? Is it both? Tell us what that is exactly.
1: Well, it's, it's housed here at the chamber, and I, I would say our goal for this that we really focused on in our synopsis was establishing the leadership center and raising the funding for it and determining the direction. So um, we, there was a, a gentleman by the name of Dr. Nick Brake, who's with uh, Western Kentucky University, who had done a study of small cities and some of the things that they were lacking. And we looked through that and studied it. And he studied, studied Paducah and leadership training was a, was something that was missing on a, on a broader level. So that's where we felt like we could come in. We had a proven track record with our leadership Paducah class and our youth lead and and our young professionals and the different, programs that are involved with that, but we felt like we could expand and enhance that programming and to make it stronger. We also are active with the Association of Leadership Programs. It's a national organization for leadership programs. And you see in in those about um, a lot of leadership centers are separate independent in their community and about half earth run through the chamber. We want to keep all of that base through the chamber. We just wanted to make it um, a new branding, I would guess, a new branding and a new way to enhance all of our programming.
0: Okay. All right. Um, So... It sounds like you already had the foundation set up before you went down that road. Um, what was the, the basis for the foundation? How long had you had that? I'd like to learn, you know, share more information about that for chambers that maybe don't have a foundation set up yet and the value in having one and being able to leverage that to further the mission of your chamber.
1: Well, of course, if you're involved with ACCE, you know how important its foundations are, and, and they've really focused a lot of the attention on that. And I appreciate that because it is a new way to change some of your funding and to leverage uh, a being a 501c3 foundation. So it is a process to go through. We had established ours uh, for the Leadership Paducah Foundation many years ago. Um, And it was prior to me being here, but it was for our leadership programs. But I don't think we had leveraged as, as much as we could. And so we took that on and to try to really make it more visible in the community. We did not want to do a capital campaign to raise money for our leadership center. Uh, our community had uh, has a lot of capital campaigns going on for other organizations. That was not our intent to compete with those. Our intent was to just uh, reach out to those that we felt like would want to be involved with, with us on it um, and could benefit from it and raise that money and, and start the programs.
0: Okay. Um, no, that, that gives a, a good idea of, uh, kind of that, that founding and, and structure leading into that, that program. So let's say uh, circle back with the, the airport terminal, um, <laughs> at some point, as you guys are going down that path with, uh, you know, getting the money for it, kind of seeing the development of it, um, the COVID pandemic hits, right.
1: Mm-hmm. And,
0: uh, What were the thoughts as you guys kind of navigated through those waters to see, you know, first when travel, you know, in general really got shut down, but then all the other ramifications that have come with that.
1: Mm -hmm. Who could have ever predicted what was going to happen with COVID-19 and how it was going to impact what areas, you know, so many things have rebounded quickly and travel has certainly rebounded quickly, but we, um. We're in the midst of that. We had... You know, we have a reputation. We've gone to DC every year for the last twenty plus years. Uh, we take about fifty to sixty people every September and meet with the, the Federal Aviation Administration, Department of Transportation. With the, um, we also have a large river industry here, so we're very active with uh, the maritime industry. Marad in DC, of course, we would meet with most of the, all of the congressmen from Kentucky. We've actually met with congressmen from Tennessee and some, and even Mississippi uh, at different times that are. On committees that would impact uh, operations that we might have in here. So we had been talking about our terminal four years with the Department of Transportation. And in fact, in 2007, we were in D.C. And, and I we, we included a copy of this in our application, the front page story. We were on the front page of the newspaper uh, that FAA was going to uh, give us a certain amount of money at that time that we could use for a new terminal. But we came home and we were going to have to raise a lot of the money ourselves locally. And at that point, you know, it just did not happen. The timing was not right, I would say. So circle back, we, we continue going to D.C. every year. We continue talking about the essential air service, how important that is to us. We build great relationships. And um, the FAA has a program that will help provide funding for new terminals. And we find out about it. In fact, I, I love to say the call came into the chamber that this funding was available in $20 million dollars. And so you had to have a lot of matching funds. There were a lot of uh, qualifications that you had to do to get that twenty million. But we embraced it. We knew that the only way we were going to be able to continue to grow our airport was to have a new terminal. We were very, you know, severely restricted for a lot of things um, out there with our small, almost seventy-year-old terminal. So we met with Federal Aviation Administration. We can actually, let me back up and say, we convened the people in our community that can make that happen. We made the call to the mayor. We made the call to the uh, board uh, chair of the airport, the regional authority board for the airport. We brought them together. We coordinated phone calls with uh, the Department of Transportation, and then we brought in the Memphis district of the FAA to Paducah and met with them and started this whole process. But we, then it became, you know, very evident 20 million was not going to build a new airport terminal. So at that point we started uh, looking on a statewide level because our chamber is also very active in uh, the state. So we have state priorities that we develop every year that we're working on while our uh, legislature is in session and so we determined that we were going to ask our state legislature for money uh, for the new terminal as well. About that time, we had a governor's race going on, which was becoming pretty you know, hotly contested. And so we have hosted forums before and we decided, well, let's go for a gubernatorial forum and see if we can get that. And um We have a a really good reputation for doing those and keeping them nonpartisan and making sure that the crowd's very respectful. In fact, when people come to our forums, they're not allowed to even clap or talk during the (laughs) forum. So uh, we have the media asking the question. But we typically reserve it where we can ask a chamber-related question, too. So because the airport funding was on our state priorities, that was our question to the current governor and his challenger where do you see the state being able to help our Paducah airport, Barclay regional airport with raising funds to build a new terminal. And both, both knew that that question was going to be on there. They were very prepared and both pledged to help that. So uh, at at a minimum of 5 million, we were hoping for more, but uh, they both pledged that day uh, for 5 million. So this was in November of 2019. And then, you know, of course, there the, it was there. Uh, no, it, that form was in October of 2019. So then uh, the election is done in November, and the new governor takes office, and we immediately are in Frankfurt. Meeting with him at our state capitol, reminding him of that pledge, and he comes to Paducah in February of 2020 with a check for five million dollars, and kind of, you know go. We have a big announcement at the airport, so you know we're beginning to get a 20 million from FAA. We see other funding we can um, apply for with FAA. We're getting the five million from the state, so we're beginning to build so much momentum. And then, of course, COVID hit March of yeah. 2020. <laughs> Uh, but we didn't give up because we knew that once COVID was passed, that we really did feel like the air, you know, people would begin to travel again. And we wanted to have our new terminal ready for when that happened. Never would we have imagined that we would have the pilot shortage that we have now. I I, I don't know how you could have predicted that, but You know, the major airlines have uh, a lot of their pilots, over 6,000 have retired during COVID. So they have been uh, utilizing smaller airport terminals, smaller airline carriers, getting those pilots to go to work for them. So there's just a, a shortage right now of pilots. But we haven't stopped. I mean, we are continuing. We may be changing carriers. There are a lot of things that may be changing with the airport, but we still have a new terminal under construction. We've ended up raising over $42 million for it. Our city and our county both uh, are participating in it. We were able to get more money for uh, during the COVID money. So we are in a really good place right now for the airport, and that we felt, you know, that we helped launch that and feel very proud that to play the role that we did to yeah, get the foundation yeah. going
0: on the funding. So you'd mentioned, you know, how often you guys are going to, to Washington and, and, you know, advocating for, for Paducah. Um, how is it that you, you'd mentioned you got a call about the FFA, FAA funding? How is it that you were on their radar? Is it because of your trips to Washington and those relationships that you, built, you had built over years? Or how did that, how, looking back, how do you see things as they came together?
1: Well, I do think it's relationships and, um, and being vocal about what you need. Uh, you know, our senators and our congressmen knew that we wanted to try to get funding for a new terminal, um, that we were growing our airport. It's very important for our ec- economy in this community. And we're very proud to be one of only five airports in Kentucky, commercial airports. Um, it, it was you know, we had two flights a day going to Chicago and they were both full pre-COVID. Um, and that has been picking back up. Um, it's, it, I think, you know, it's, it's critical that you know the people, you have relationships and they know your needs.
0: Yeah. Well, and I think I, I love this program because when you think back 70 years ago, I mean, I wasn't around, but the technology and aircraft alone um, and how it syncs up with these terminals and everything, I'm sure. Yeah, it, it, it was overdue for, for an upgrade uh, just to keep up with the times and technologies.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, there, I, one thing about in community sometimes or, and with, with chambers, I think sometimes we can be humble and uh, we, we like to put the, uh, the credit to others in our community. And so it's hard for us to say, well, we helped lead that effort but we did. I mean, and, and I think that's what that was kind of a good process to be able to talk about that in the, um, in the synopsis. We had all of the research from the airport about why we would need a new terminal. We'd been fighting for, you know, looking for funding for years, and it just all finally came together. And it takes an organization like a Chamber of Commerce that has the, the, the knowledge and the grit. And the willingness to take it on and really to help push. Now, again, I'm going to say we were just one. We were one part of it. I'm going to push all a lot of the credit. Our city and county both got involved. We had a great air leader at the airport. Um, you know, their board was very active. So, you know, it's a lot of credit it goes to a lot of um, organizations and individuals. But we were very proud to have played our part to help get it launched and to bring people together to begin the discussion and to have the attitude that, yes, the time is now. We can do this. Why would we wait? Why would we not embrace the fact that we, um, we can make this happen?
0: Right. And I, I believe that you do need to talk about those wins, those, those influences that you've had in the community and showing that you were able to convene those leaders and influencers to make something happen Otherwise, how do those leaders and influencers realize how to get something big like this done in the future if they don't fully understand the role of the chamber um, as a convener, as a champion, as a catalyst? Um, you need to be talking about it. So good job to you guys. Thank you. Uh, I wanted to ask you, as a, as a Chamber of the Year finalist, um, how do you see the role of the Paducah Chamber in your community?
1: We are a strong convener of people. We are. A, I hope people would look to us as the leader. That if they have an an advocacy issue, and we saw that during COVID nineteen, a lot you know a lot of companies would call us and ask us specific questions, and we knew who to put them involved with. If we didn't have the answer ourselves, we were connecting them with Department of Unemployment or with Small Business Administration. So a connector, a convener, and a leader. Um, Those are some of the roles that we really embrace the most.
0: I love that. And such important roles as well. Mm -hmm. Um, So I liked asking if you might have any tips or action items for listeners who may want to take their chamber up to the next level. What would you suggest that they maybe look at or or try implementing at their chamber?
1: I think it's important that you have a strong board that supports you uh, and looking at the big picture, uh, of what your community needs. And you can't, you may not be able to be all things to everybody, but maybe you pick up the things that you see are the most important and that your board is supportive of and, and just really work on them. I, I, I know I'm, you know, I can be persistent and, and probably pushy sometimes, but, um, If we have an issue that we believe in so much and that our community has identified as really important, boy, I I just feel like we have to fight for it. We have to go for it and try to do things that will help your community to grow and be a stronger community. So I think you have to have strong leadership and you have to have a great plan, a strategic plan of where you want to go and what's important to your community.
0: Yeah, I think it's so important to have that strong supportive board, and to realize that you as the chamber, you have some some direction on on who those people are, how they support you. Like dive in deep and and learn how to work with a board to develop a strong supportive board. So great, I think that's
1: very important. You can't. Uh, uh, you, you have to have a strong board. We've talked about that. We had a training in, in Kentucky this week where we just talked a little bit about board orientation, recruiting board members, uh, onboarding them. And I, I just can't stress enough how important it is that you have the right people on your board.
0: And I'm sure every time you hear a training, on board development uh, you always hear something like oh yeah and it may not be something brand new but it's like i need to do that better or i need to implement that but you know it's usually stuff you've heard before but it's how to make it all work as a well-oiled machine
1: (laughs) absolutely i i came away with notes this week, and I've been doing this for a long time now, but, you know, on the legal side, the financial side, the obligation side, those are the things, you know, we have, we, we do have a strong board and we have great board meetings and we have a great participation, but boy, then you start talking, did I, did I have reminded them of that? Do they understand all of these others, uh, the, the simple things I like to look at the big picture things.
0: Right. Absolutely. So, I like asking everyone I have on the show, how do you see the future of chambers and their purpose going forward?
1: Boy, ACC is doing a lot of study on that, uh, how to build a chamber for the future. And I know that they have a lot of information about it, but I think you have to be ready to um, be the leader in your community and be accepting of that role and be willing to do that. And um, I going back to what we've talked about earlier, you have to determine what's important for you and for your community and be willing, willing to take that leadership role. And let's face it, every community has different issues. You know, larger communities have may be able to take on different projects than what we would. Larger chambers can take on different issues than what we can with a staff of five. Um, so you have to be collaborative with other organizations in your community. If you're a small community and, um, and be willing to have courage. I, I would think that with courage and, and purpose, those are two words that ACCE talks about. And I, I would say, amen to that. You have to lead with courage and purpose.
0: I love that. Um, uh, so Sandra, I wanted to, uh give you an opportunity to share any contact information for listeners who may want to reach out and learn more about how you're doing things there in Paducah. What would be the best way for them to reach out and connect
1: with you? Well, my direct email is swilson at paducachamber.org. I'm going to spell Paducah. It's P-A-D-U-C-A-H.org, paducachamber.org. Or if you forget S. Wilson, you can always send it to info at paducachamber.org and it'll come to me. I'm always happy to help. I have gone through the IOM program with the U.S. Chamber. And, um, you know, I'm not saying I have it all down pat, but I'm happy to tell you the challenges that we've seen, the trial and errors we've gone through and the successes we've had that have been some of the big, you know, just great celebrations. And I believe in celebrating the wins Uh, When you have them and in our community, and you need to look for those every day to try to celebrate the things that you're doing right and not get caught up in the little things that are in the weeds. And I'm talking to myself right now while I'm saying (laughs) that to you because it's easy to do. And uh, in our meeting earlier this week with other chamber execs, if you're not in the chamber world, you don't really understand what's goes on in the chamber world. And so we have to really support each other. And that's why I'm always happy to talk to anyone and support them in any way that I can.
0: I love that. And that is such a great trait amongst chamber leaders as well, being able to to offer that support and, uh, and mentorship. Yeah, I'll, I'll say that. So well,
1: absolutely. And thank you, Brandon, for what you do with the podcast. That what a great resource for our profession.
0: Thank you. I, I enjoy doing it and, and hope everybody's getting a lot of value from from listening to, to people like you. But Sandra, this has been great having you on the show. Um, thank you for spending time with us today on Chamber Chat Podcast and wanted to wish you and the Paducah Area Chamber best of luck as Chamber of the Year.
1: Thank you so much. We appreciate it.
0: If you are a Chamber professional, please subscribe to Chamber Chat Podcast in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. When you subscribe to Chamber Chat Podcast, new episodes will show up in your podcast app each week as they are released. If you're finding value in this podcast, please leave us a rating and a review in iTunes. But most importantly, please share Chamber Chat Podcast with your colleagues that are in the industry. Would you be interested in creating even more value from the processes that you're already doing on a daily basis? Swipe It has been one of my sponsors for Chamber Chat from the beginning. Swipe It provides credit card payment solutions that will save your chamber up to 40% on your processing fees, and Swipe It can integrate your credit card processing seamlessly into your existing membership software. Swipe It does not charge chambers to switch and they will make switching simple. In addition to these savings, Swipe It has an affinity program for Chambers of Commerce so you can earn more non-dues revenue to support your budget. Learn more about Swipe It by requesting your free cost savings analysis and become more profitable today by visiting chamberchatpodcast.com slash cc as in credit card. Again, that's chamberchatpodcast.com/slash CC, and you can join many other chambers as you begin swiping with Swipe It.